A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for three great services. 7 a.m., 9 a.m., and 11 a.m. At The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness. Wow, good morning to you out there. Can we lift up our hands, lift up our voices, and bless the name of the Lord God in heaven? Go ahead, lift your voices, and give him thanks for a brand new day, a brand new week. This is the week the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I want you to uh, make sure you are giving God thanks. Don't just think it, express it from your heart. Let it come out of your mouth in a song, in words of gratitude. We want to thank Him for life. The Bible says that let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So go ahead, if you are alive and you can hear me, you can see me as it were, you can hear me, and you are joining this stream, this beautiful new week. Give, give God praise. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you for this week. There is none like you. We want to say we are grateful for life. We are grateful for salvation. We are grateful for we have hope for tomorrow. We are grateful for helping us to still be able to fellowship one way or the other. We, we thank you for this week. We bless you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare that this is the week you have made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of Jesus. You can put your hands together where you are. You can put your hands together where you are and just uh, celebrate God. And then you can greet your neighbor, okay? I I'm sure you have somebody close to you, uh, except you are by yourself alone. If it is your husband or your friend or your daughter or your son, put your hands together and celebrate God for this beautiful new week. You're welcome to this great service today. Okay, so today we are, we are, we are, uh, we are continuing our discussions on uh, not easily broken. Remember I said last week that we are destined for greatness. You are in this particular ministry because God wants you to be an example of greatness. And a lot starts with the family. I remember we, uh, we discussed Genesis 18 verse 17. Genesis 18, verse 17. Uh, I'll read from the King James Version, and then I'll read the message translation too. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Can you imagine God saying, ah, should he hide something from Abraham? Wow. Now, verse 18 gave, gave us some clue to how or some, uh, some kind of inclination to help us see why God was so close to Abraham, why God was investing in Abraham. It says, verse 18 says, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great 
and mighty nation. You will surely become a great and mighty nation in the name of Jesus. Since we are the seed of Abraham, okay? Uh, verse 18 again says, saying that Abraham shall surely, God is saying that he shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now look at verse 19. Wow, I never thought God would have said that right there in Genesis. I thought he would have said something about maybe prayers or some other things. But he says, for I know him that they shall, for I know him that he will command his children and his household, household, that's his family, after him. He would, he would groom his family. He would build his family. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring. It looks like uh, the family part is important to the manifestation of Abraham's blessings. It says that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. So God elaborately said a lot of things about Abraham. And I'm so glad, if you look at it, when God was blessing Abraham, there was this uh, Sarah's inclusion. It wasn't just Abraham alone. God will say, okay, Abraham, I'm changing your name from Abraham to Abraham. And he didn't stop there. He said, Sarah, I'm going to change your name. There's something about God blessing the family. So when I started meditating on that, uh, the revelation that came to me, which is clear, God thinks generationally, transgenerationally. He wanted to invest a lot in Abraham, but he was looking at someone that we pass it on. God will not invest in a leaking vessel. The same way you will not put water in a leaking container. So he wanted to do so much in Abraham's life because Abraham will pass it to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, and on and on and on. It looks like when God is not sure that it will be passed on, it will be a wasted effort. He withdraws the manifestation. That's why we must take this thing serious. God will not invest in a container that will waste his blessings. So whatever God wants to do in your life, he wants to be sure that it will be propagated. So you find that, you know, even Jesus was investing a lot in the disciples. He spent more time with the disciples than the public. And that was how whatever Jesus brought was propagated to generations up until now. Jesus wasn't married, you know, so the, the disciples looked like his family, but he invested in them. He taught them the ways of the Lord. And then when Jesus left, they were able to continue with the same blessing. So God is looking at our families, and that will determine the rate and manifestations of his blessings. He doesn't want Abraham to die. And then all that he did in Abraham, he had to now be looking for the other person to now start investing. No, no, no good investor does that. But after Abraham got it, Abraham taught Isaac how to tithe and hospitality and many other things. You see the same thing in Jacob and then the 12 disciples and then the nation of Israel. So we are covenant families and God's blessings upon our families matter. So we must, we must not just serve God by ourselves. I hope the parents are listening to me, our father and mother. We must ensure that it's a household thing. And when God sees that, uh, there is that outpouring of blessings. Glory to God. Okay, so we, we say families should have a vision. Proverbs 29, 
verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Hallelujah. Are you sure you are there with your Bible? This is a verse that many of us are familiar with. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It looks like where there is no vision, things begin to go down. I mean, the word perish explains that. So we begin by having family vision. We emphasize that a lot last week. If you don't know where you are going as a family, you will end up just anywhere. Many families. I didn't have a family vision for years. I just felt we should go to church, uh, we buy petrol in the generator, we pay school fees, and then we're going to be great. No, 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 no. That cannot replace vision. Vision has to be articulated. And I said to every member of this great, fa- of this great fa- uh, family that each family should craft their family vision. For those that were not around last week Sunday, get the CD or download online and listen. I, I got a lot of great feedbacks from members of the church. People are settling down. Where is your family going? Okay? Don't, don't mistake good education for greatness. Don't mistake the buying of food, uh, petrol or diesel as the case may be, uh, paying of accommodation, does not equal to fulfillment of destiny. Everybody does that, one way or the other. That day-to-day living does not mean there is a vision. Every family should endeavor to craft a family vision. This defines where the family is heading. It makes all the difference. Uh, you know, and in, in Psalms 127 verse 1, it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, that build it. So whatever vision you are crafting must have the Lord in it. And for the Lord to be in it, it must be from scriptures. So I try to say that people should, I say, I strongly encourage that the crafting of your vision must be scripture-based. Our family vision was crafted from Psalms 112 mainly and amongst other scriptures. So look down and, and, and find some scriptures and from there develop uh, a statement. Not too verbose, not out of this world. Something simple, make it clear. Scripture says write the vision. In our context, type the vision. I encourage you to print it. Paste it all over the house. Let the husband, the wife, the children, and anybody that comes to your house have an idea of where the family is going. And please, when we are crafting our family vision, remember, let everybody be involved, okay? Because uh, uh, some, some, some of our men are very autocratic. They will just go to meet God, the way most want to meet God, and craft vision and just dump it. I think everybody should be included. When we're crafting our family vision, uh, Pastor Bimo and I, looking at the lines, and then we involve some of our kids that are mature enough, and then it becomes something that everybody can own, and then they can internalize. I wish I had that privilege when I was growing up. I'm sure I would have been better today. Okay, so there must be a family vision. So when, I, when we come together from this lockdown, and I see you in church, I will be asking you, what is your family vision. I'll be asking you to send me your family vision, okay? It shows where you are going. You might not have money for diesel now, for petrol, but where there is a vision, the future is settled. But somebody that has money for accommodation and has money for all those things and does not have a vision, the family can end up anywhere. Vision gives direction. 
Glory to God. So develop a family vision. If it is from scriptures, then you and God are working together for something awesome. I'm praying that in the next five, ten years, giants will rise in our homes. Families will literally be giants. Children great, husband great, wife doing great. That is God's agenda. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, after developing the family vision, we need to have a behavior that behaves the vision. It's not enough to craft, oh, this family will fear the Lord, this family will love people, you know, fine. But you need what we call values, core values, that will help make that vision a day-to-day reality, that will define the behavioral pattern. Now, this is the engine room that drives the vision, the core values. Uh, some of us have been part of the um, Insta Live conference we had online uh, for some weeks now. And one of the major, one of the high points of the conference was my chat with Dr. Sam Adeyemi on values, okay? Values. And I was, I was asking him, why, why, why do you place a high premium on values? And he said something that touched me. He said, when you don't have values, you will not have value in life. Values shows what you prioritize. Values shows what matters most to you. It is that place that people's behaviors are are formed. Let me give you an example. Do you know that some people value material things than knowledge? So you find that when that is a value, they, 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 they value dressing well, than growing up upstairs. So such parents, for instance, you see, especially some ladies, they spend a lot of money buying lace, buying clothes, buying shoes. You ask that same lady, in the last 12 months, how many books did you buy? It will shock you. It will shock her herself. But unknown to her, a value system is driving a behavior. But behavior is what determines destiny. So she's having a lot of clothes. She's not growing upstairs. At work, she begins to have problems because when others are growing upstairs, they'll perform better. So somewhere along the line, her business or career just stagnates. And when the business or career stagnates, she might not have money to buy the clothes later on. Values shape our destiny. Okay? Your values shape our destiny. So if you don't have values, you won't have value. Your value of your values drive your decision, your decision making. So I have ten thousand naira. Okay, I have two thousand naira here, and I value knowledge more than certain things. I rather invest that two thousand naira in buying maybe books or do some training than buying a new shoe when I have enough shoes already. Your values drive your decision, your decision making your priorities, your habits, and then your behavior determines your character, and our character determines our destiny. And that's, that's what I want us to eat this morning, just ch- a, a checklist of the kind of values you have. Do you value material things, clothing, above knowledge, above personal development? Those who develop themselves will never lack material things. But those who have material things and don't develop themselves will eventually lack material things. But what's your value system? We, uh, we have a culture that likes to pose, that likes to show off. 
Some people rather borrow money so they can look okay in the midst of friends than keeping a proper financial account. What's your value system? That value system is affecting the shaping of your destiny. And this family month, an opportunity for you to, I mean, thank God for the lockdown. Everybody should take a kind of reflection, looking back again as, okay, how is my life going? Especially if you're a parent. For those of us that are singles, this is the best opportunity for you to develop the right values. For instance, in marriage, you know, when, when we first got married, and then we argue, you know, you argue over things, I realized that for some of us men, we place a high value on being right more than the unity of the family and the peace in the family. So you find that if you don't understand that, you, you prefer to be proven that you are right than the family having peace and unity. So when things happen, you argue, you want to prove it, and that proving it can be very horrible at times. Some people speak horrible words to their spouses. At the end of the day, you are now proven that, yes, you are correct. Praise the Lord. But you have lost the romance in the home. You have lost the unity in the home. You have lost the prayer power in the home. So what's your value system? Do you place being right above unity? Where there is unity, there is progress. And in African culture, leaders or, or men especially, we just want to prove that we are right. Maybe that makes you feel like a man. Being right doesn't mean uh, things are okay in the family. But if you place a high premium on unity, because you know the value of unity, then you rather compromise in the sense of uh, letting go of your so-called rights to drive the unity of the family. So those are the real things that make all the difference. So you have families where a man at 70 is still explaining how he has been right in the family for the past 10 decades how, or seven decades, how he has done everything, but the family is in disarray, but he's still proving that he's right, you know. And then they've lost the glory, they've lost the progress. So I'm just trying to dissect how we are so that we can work on our values. Some families, uh, they value receiving more than giving. Maybe you know somebody like that. Maybe you are like that. Just check yourself. You're always receiving from everybody. You are the one they always give to. You are the one they always send things to. You are the one they also always pray for. You are the one they always cater for. And you always enjoy receiving. But when they check, who did you give to? Who did you help genuinely in the last 5, 10 years? They find it hard to pinpoint it. That might be the reason why that family is on the floor. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So what's your value system? Those are just, you know, part of things I want us to look at. For instance, some people value their reputation more than their character. Reputation is external, and I grew up in that, that kind of environment. So when we go to parties, every couple is looking great. Everybody wants to appear nice. They, they want to show that they're okay. Reputation. Some people, they, that's, that's, that's high on their value list. But the same couple, the same woman, or the same man, when you follow them home, it will shock you the character. <laughs> so I said here in my note, reputation has a lot to do with show-offs, hypocrisy, pretense, 
outward looking. But character is who you are when no one is looking. So if you don't work on your character, whatever reputation you might have built, it will scatter one day. What's your value system? So you find that in church, for instance, maybe a man, a husband, everybody likes the man. Because when he comes to church, he's always acting nice. He's, he listens to everybody. He appears to be the best man in this world. And everybody believes that, oh, this man is awesome. But this man is just showing up, showing off his reputation. The character is bad. Attitude bad. Then one day, all that is doing at home will now come out. And all the reputation he thought he had built can disappear in one week. So it's better to place a high premium on character. The reputation will be settled. So these are things that affect us. I'm sure you know families like that. They can borrow money from everybody on the street just to appear nice at the barrier. And everybody says, ah, you're looking nice. Yeah, they've used three quarters of their salary to buy lace. They're celebrating them. Ah, you say this girl is powerful. This woman is, you know. And then the next thing is the person they are owing money shows up one day to embarrass them. And all that you seem to like about them disappears because they are more about how people see them, how people hail them, how people perceive them. And if you're a young couple, this is the time to deal with such your character is what will fuel your reputation on the long run. Value system. So, your values shape your future. Your values shape your behavior. Your values determine your outcome. So, apart from the vision statement of the family, today I want to encourage us to also write out values that you want to inculcate in the family that will drive that vision, that will also help the outcome of the family. Let me give you examples uh, that will help us write it. Of course, when we say values, you don't have to write uh, 100 values. <laughs> it can be maybe, maybe minimum of five, seven, you know, like that, so that everybody can remember. So in our own family, we we're trying to do something like that for some time now. So we have like five values now, and we hope to adjust it as we, as we grow on. But at least this is helping to shape bit by bit the family. I read the family vision last week Sunday. We're also still tweaking it, okay? So look at these values. We have the first, well, not really in order of importance, but the first here is spirituality. It's a value system in our own family. That is, anything that has to do with God is a priority, so under spirituality, it, it makes the family a praying family. The family that responds to God, spirituality, is different from religion. It's having a relationship with God. It's a value, spirituality. Spirituality. And then we have honor. Honor. that you, Honor covers greeting people, valuing people, respecting people. So want our children as much as they can to learn to honor people, wherever they are, rich or poor, young or old, as much as they are. Now, even if those things are, are not in the family, when you have it as a core value, you start developing it. So you want your kids to greet people, not that an adult will pass by a young child, and the, the young child will be looking at the adult, like waiting for the adult to greet the child first. 
But when you have honor as a, as, a, as a value, you start training the family to respect people, you know. So under honor, we have, you know, that, that helps us with things like hospitality. So when guests come to the house, we want to treat them well by honoring. How do you honor a guest? By treating them well, okay? And then the third one here is diligence. It's a value in our family. You have to work hard. Oh, we play, oh, we have fun, oh, but you have to work hard, <laughs> That there is no future for the lazy. It's important a child knows that from the beginning. That you must face your work. Work before play. In fact, the play is more enjoyable when you have done the work. Enjoyably well. <laughs> Diligence. So that helps the, the children to want to do their homework on time. To want to give their best to their education as much as possible. And then we have another uh, core value there called excellence. Okay, so while you are... Doing all these things, you want to do it well, quality, beautifully. Because you can, be, you can do honor, but it might not be excellent. Even your spirituality. So you, you want to pray in a place. How neat is the place? As little things. And then your homework, your assignments, how excellent it is. Okay? That, that kind of core value will help children to rise to the top of their game. If they can inculcate it now. Another core value we have is generosity. I don't play with that. I know the meaning of that. Stingy families don't have a future. Families that always enjoy taking from everybody. Everybody's always calling them to greet them. Everybody's always giving to them, sending things to them. But they don't do anything out. To the level they should do it, it will be a weak family. So you want to teach your children to be generous at times. I pick clothes in my house to want to give out when I'm putting together beautiful clothes. Our children just Daddy, what are you doing with these clothes? I want to let them know I'm giving it out. <laughs> wow, why? Is this part? No, because in our culture, people believe that you want to give something, it must be something that is bad. Quality. That's part of the excellence anyway. So they also are growing in that attitude of generosity. If a child can pick that from a young age, their future is almost settled because the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that waters shall be watered also himself. So these are part of our core values. I have some other things here that I'll mention, but I want you to develop your own core values, something that fits into your vision. I'm saying that because families have their strengths and weaknesses. So you want to develop core values that fits into your own family, that fits into your own vision, that also helps you to define the future that you are, you are saying. I'm hoping that we will also add to our own core values. So I have some words here. Hospitality is a fantastic value for any family. Hospitality. It's a great one. We have that under the honor code in our own family. But somebody else can put hospitality instead of honor. Hospitality. You, anywhere you are, you care for others. You, can, you are kind to people. You are respect to people. You serve them. Service is a, a fantastic core value. A family giving to service. They serve God. They serve people. Those who serve never remain on the floor. Honesty is a powerful value. Honesty. We have that captured under spirituality. But somebody else can bring it out clearly, especially if you have kids that are already lying. You have problems, maybe you have issues with your child lying already. Then you don't want to hide it. You bring it out as a core value, honesty, straight, truthfulness. 
Another core value is integrity. You have another one, cleanliness. Maybe you have, there are some homes where that's an issue. The husband is a sanguine. The wife is also half sanguine. So everywhere is always scattered. And that's not helping the family. Then such families might have cleanliness as a core value to build that weakness out into strength. Okay? Cleanliness. For some families, if they told you that pride is disturbing your family already, then humility might have to come as one of your core values. So that pride will not destroy the children. Pride can be transferred from father to children. I've seen pride transferred from a mother to daughter. And pride goes before you fall. For such families, humility can be part of your core value. You can have promptness as a core value. I'm sure you know people that no matter the time, they never get it at that time. <laughs> they will tell you they'll be there by 2 p.m. 2 p.m. will be there before 30 p.m. But that's not good for business. That's not good for greatness. So you can have promptness as one of your core values. Respect can be there. Obedience to God can be a core value. A family that just, that's their own core value. Instead of writing spirituality, obedience to God. Whatever God says, we follow as a family. And I wrote here a master one there, love. Love is a great core value. So uh, if we can have these things uh, in our homes, I think the future is going to be awesomely bright. Hospitality. Now, you don't go and write 25 core values that when I ask you, how are you, Mr. and Mrs. Um, Agbabiaka, what are your core values? He said, oh, Pastor, let me recite our core values. We have 37 core values. Ah, that's no more a core value. It's now a national anthem. Even the children will not remember. <laughs> so for some people, they can just pick three. Some pick five. Some pick seven. And then you want to, this, uh, this is lockdown period. Let everybody memorize it. Let the mother memorize it. And then you, when, after prayers in the family, like family altar, we call it, or the devotion. Okay, now, okay, can we give, mention our core values? And then you type it out and put it on the fridge everywhere. Just imagine that. And you can focus on that for the next 10 years. You will not be like the masses. That's why vision separates people in their generation. That's why greatness is never by accident. Glory to God. So I want to believe that these core values would help us a lot. Let me close by talking about generosity. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 22. Proverbs 13 verse 22. A good man liveth an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I realize in life that the kind of seeds parents sow often determine the outcome of their children. Many parents think that what they do, they've escaped it. It shows up not just in their lives in, uh, in the near future, but it also impacts on the destiny of the children. Can we, can we be deliberate with building the future by sowing the right seeds? How do you treat your business partner? How are you faithful with finances? All those seeds we sow affect the outcome of our home. So what we what you want to do is, what kind of future do you see? Then start sowing the seeds now. Many of our children will always go to places that parents will not always be with them. So when you see other children whose parents are not with them, can you care for them? Can you love them? Can you help them out? 
joyfully so that when your own child goes to a boarding house or goes to NYSE or travels out to do anything, he will just be experiencing unusual favor from un, un, unusual sources because what you sow is what you reap. So that when you have a housemaid at home, when you turn the housemaid into a slave, you treat the housemaid or house guy like, a, like an animal. That's somebody's son. That's somebody's daughter. And you are treating them like an animal, like a goat. May they not treat your own children like goats somewhere one day. What kind of inheritance are you leaving for your children's children? I'm not talking about physical inheritance. I'm talking about harvest of blessings. You find Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you, know that, do you know that the obedience of Abraham blessed Isaac, yet he was not born? The obedience of Abraham blessed Jacob. So, you are a parent. How, how is your relationship with God? Are you living in complete disobedience like Esau, which eventually affected his generation? We are building our future now by the seeds we are sowing today. So, sow wisely. Invest deliberately. And any time you make a mistake, we often make mistakes. We take a wrong turn. We do a wrong thing. Because you understand this principle, you are eager to repent. You are eager to uproot that wrong seed. Parents are shaping the future of their children, knowingly or unknowingly. Now, I'm not saying that a child's destiny cannot work out. But some children, they discover that they have to fight much more to fulfill destiny than some other children because the things they are battling, uh, the, the unnecessary load, unnecessary weight, evil things that parents transfer to them, distracted them, disturbed their journey before they could find victory. You find that Isaac lead, lived almost <laughs> a spoiled life, kind of, because Abraham had taught too many blessings for him. Glory to God. We are building great future. So let's do it intentionally. The seeds of today are the harvest of tomorrow. We build the future by the seeds of today. So we'll continue on this next Sunday. Don't forget next Sunday we're having a renewal of vows. If you are married five years and above and you'd love to renew your vows, please uh, get, on, get ready uh, for that part. You know, you dress up, if you want to wear a wedding gown, no problem. But get on a suit, and then we'll we get across. I'll be, I'll be leading those couples uh, in their renewal of vows. So that you, the union, because the union of, that homes, uh, of, that, of those homes can be renewed. And I realize that the moment daddy and mommy are thriving, it impacts on the children. Rebellious children often come out of dysfunctional homes. God will heal our families in the name of Jesus Christ. And for many of us that are singles, I'm so glad for you. Learning these things ahead. Whether you're getting married next year or five years' time or ten years' time, there's nothing wrong with you crafting your family vision now and the core values, what you are seeing ahead. And by the time the, you get married or the person shows up, you're already on the way. Those who know where they are going get there faster. But those who don't know where they are going, either they are delayed on their journey or they end up just anywhere. I hope you've learned something today. Can you rise up on your feet wherever you are?